Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. We are so glad you joined us today. This podcast features messages, interviews, and discussions from Radiant Church located in Seneca, South Carolina. For more information about Radiant, visit RadiantChurchSC.com. Here's today's episode. Hey, welcome to Radiant Church. My name is Andrew. I'm lead pastor. We're so glad you could join us today from wherever you're watching or listening from. If this is your first time joining us, hey, go to RadiantChurchSC.com and click I'm new. If you fill out that short form online for us as a way of saying thanks, we're going to donate $5 to one of the nonprofits that's listed. We're in our second week of a teaching series following Jesus in his final hours called Keep Moving Forward. Now, we're learning how it's always forward with Jesus. It's never back. And we started last week with the scene of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, and we learned and we face Gethsemane moments. These are the moments that are difficult and overwhelming. They're, they're challenging, right? And we need to keep praying and we need to keep trusting. We're shifting today uh, to what happens next after his arrest, okay? So I, I don't know if, if you're really into sports or not, uh, but I grew up playing all kinds of sports as a kid. My absolute favorite to this day is still baseball. I love it. It's it's kind of the king in my household, man. Uh, both myself and my two brothers, we played uh, baseball. One played professionally for a little bit. And so like when you take your sport seriously, you learn a lot about life. You learn how to lead. You learn how to work as a team, why strategies are important. But most of all, you learn how to deal with failure. And I think that lesson right there is one of the most important lessons you will learn because failure is going to come and it's going to come often in the realm of athletics. The worst game I've ever played that I, I can think of, I was trying to think of you know, terrible games here, it happened when I was about 14 years old. I, I went over five at the plate with five strikeouts. I could not hit the dreaded curveball. Most kids can at that age. And so I hung my head all night. I replayed every at bat, every pitch, every miss. I felt like I let my team down because I left men on base and we, you know, we lost. My dad, however, picked me up. And I remember him reminding me about how success is measured in baseball. It is completely contrary to how you define success in our world. Um, so, so what is it? Well, a, a batter is successful in baseball if he gets three hits every 10 at bat. That's a 300 average. That's failure 70% of the time. But if you hit 300, guess what? You'll go to the Hall of Fame. That's right, man. Like, you're in. So encouraged by my dad, I went out, and I was four for four in the very next game. I hit what ended up being the go-ahead three-run home run, and our team won. Two nights earlier, I felt like our team had just let those guys down. I felt like I was failing miserably. But on that night, I learned that failure isn't final. You ever have moments like that in your life where you just felt like failure was final? You, th you think about these failures you've experienced, right? Some of you have experienced failures that were, were so hard, but you learned from them and, and you picked yourself up and you moved on. But others of you might be struggling to move past those failures. You've let your failures define you because you treat each failure as if it's final. None of us want to fail. But failure is a part of life, right? There's, there's a moment during Jesus' final hours when one of his most trusted and loyal followers experiences the greatest failure of his life. And so today we're going to look at his story. We're going to learn how to keep moving forward even when failure feels final. Luke chapter 22, 
Verse number 54, our story begins. So they arrested him, this is Jesus, okay, and led him to the high priest's home. And Peter followed at a distance. And the guards lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard, and they sat around it. And Peter joined them there. And a servant girl noticed him in the firelight and began staring at him. And so finally she said, this man was one of Jesus' followers. But Peter denied it. Woman, he said, how'd you, how'd you like that woman? I don't even know him. And after a while, somebody else looked at him and said, well, you must be one of them. No, man, I'm not, Peter retorted. About an hour later, someone else insisted, well, this must be one of them because he's a Galilean too. But Peter said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. Verse number 61. At that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Check this out. Suddenly the Lord's words flashed through his mind. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you'll deny me three times. And Peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly. What a moment that must have been. Earlier, what happened, in case you're not familiar with the story, Jesus had been explaining to his disciples what would occur that night. He'd be handed over to the priests and authority figures and he would be executed. But worse, all of his followers would desert him. And one by one, they all said, oh, we never leave you, you know. And the most adamant voice was, was Peter, because he's probably the most loyal follower that Christ had. And so Jesus looked at Peter and said, hey, before the rooster crows three times, even you will deny knowing me. And without a doubt, this had to have been the greatest failure of Peter's life. If anyone felt like their failure was final and it had to, you know, it had to have been Peter, you know, because uh, it, it, he was so loyal and here he failed so miserably. And there are some encouraging things in this story, though, that we can take home with us. And I just want to share with you three encouragements to keep moving forward today when failure feels final. Here's the first one. When failure feels final, we need to keep close to Jesus. I want you to notice that Peter follows him at a distance. But earlier that evening, he was really close. He was so close, he cut off a guy's you know, ear who <laughs> was trying to arrest Jesus. He's so close, he was willing to die for Jesus. That happened in verse 33. So, so what happened? Well, what happened to Peter is what happens to so many of us when failure begins to feel final in our lives. Instead of keeping close to Christ, he kept his distance. Many of us, we want to be close to Jesus. We want to serve. We want to seek God's kingdom first. We want to be spiritually disciplined. But the moment we fail, the moment things get heated and difficult, we put distance, okay, between us and Christ. And we start to withdraw. And it's much easier to feel sorry for ourselves and keep our distance than it is for us to stay close. Because often staying close to Jesus means we pay a price. Peter knew if he stayed close, he might be identified as a follower. He might be arrested. He could even be imprisoned like Christ. So he chooses not to risk paying that steep of a price. He chooses to stay distant. When we're distant from Jesus, we become vulnerable. We are easy targets for the enemy. That's exactly what happens to Peter. He's distant. He's alone. He becomes an easy target. The first denial begins with the girl who claims that Peter is a follower of Jesus. And it doesn't take long for him to put even more distance between himself and Christ because he's trying to avoid the whole guilt by association verdict. When we follow Jesus from a distance, it shows that we're afraid to even be associated with him. Now, I want to just take a moment and talk about this very topic, a fear of being associated 
with Christ. I realize you probably wouldn't call what you're feeling a fear, but for some of you, that's exactly what this is. Like you're afraid, you have fear. You're afraid of being associated with Jesus and being associated with Christians and what all that would mean, because maybe you'll be on the wrong side of a cultural issue or a movement. Maybe you'll risk being ostracized by the circle of folks you run around with, or you're cut out of deals or, you know, whatever it is. And if that's you, I really want you to listen just for a couple of minutes here, because the way way forward in our world right now doesn't appear to be very smooth. It doesn't look like things are going to get easier. In fact, I think things are about to get much, much harder. And if you have a fear of being associated with Christ, with the Christians, the body of Jesus, if you have that fear now, you're not going to overcome that fear later. In fact, right now is the perfect time. It's the best time to make the decision to be all in for Jesus. Don't follow at a distance. If you won't close that gap now, you may never actually close it. Keep close. Don't stay distant. Now, another person sees Peter and, and claims that Peter is, you know, one of them. So your New Testament was written in a first century Greek language called Koinonia Greek. And in the Greek, it, it says that Peter was among them. Now, why does that matter? But, well, this time he doesn't just deny his association with Jesus. He denies his association with his followers. And so now Peter's creating distance between the group of people that were meant to be his brothers, who were meant to actually lift him up and support him and help him grow in times like this. Can I tell you that creating distance with others is the last thing you need to do when you're struggling. It's the last thing you should do when you're hurt. We, we all need our space, which is so true. But you were meant to do life not alone, but together. You can't make it on your own alone. When you're wounded, you know, when you're hurting, when you're dealing with failure like Peter, you can't be left alone or you will get picked off by the enemy. It's said that when the Trojans were engaged in combat, and a soldier was injured, a group of soldiers would quickly build a small like shield wall around the injured person, and then they would drag him to a place of, of safety and protect him from the blows of the enemy, which would certainly have finished him off as they were getting him off the battlefield. That's what we do for each other in the body of Christ. You're, you're not meant to do life alone. And so we encourage you. Hey, if you're local here, join a dream team, serve, join a group, because when you're serving together, when you're hanging out together, you're developing friendships and relationships. You, you can't develop these things just on a Sunday morning. You know, we're, we're a smaller church in these early stages of Radiant, but I've gotten to know people and families better, not because we talk it up after church uh, you know, on a Sunday morning, right? but because they came to our group that we host for families and, and young adults each month. I get to know them because they serve and come to rally nights for our dream teams and, and serve with others. And that's how I get to know people. And so Sunday morning, it's, 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 just, it's one step in the process of spiritual growth. You need to be among other followers of Christ. Because in order to be close to Jesus, you have to be close to his followers. When failure feels final, you've got to keep close. Peter distanced himself from the only support system that God created really for us on a broad scale, and that is the body of Christ. The third and final denial comes from a person who recognizes Peter's accent. Think about how easily identifiable Southerners are by our accents, right? Like Peter's accent identifies him as being from the same region as Jesus, which is Galilee. And so as a result, this person assumes he must be a follower too. And his response is to, you know, is to swear. He doesn't even know who you know, Christ is. Luke doesn't record him cursing, but John's account does. It's the third denial which sparks to the rooster's crow. 
And Peter and Jesus, their eyes, they meet, and Peter runs away, and he's just this broken man. Our failures often feel final in moments like this. When, you know, when the weight of our failures just begins to crush us, can I just tell you, remember to run to Jesus. Keep moving forward. Keep close to the Savior. And also keep in mind your weaknesses. Peter underestimated his weaknesses. When reading the Gospels, you get the sense that Peter, he's very confident, a little prideful, impulsive for sure, bit of a hothead, right? Uh, you won't catch him admitting those things, though, right? Because the same reason we don't admit our weaknesses, we, we have egos. <laughs> it's an ego thing. Our ego, our pride, it gets in the way of us admitting areas of weakness. And instead of letting others help us in those areas, we, we try to hide them. Yet admitting our weaknesses really is a sign of strength, not, not of weakness. My oldest son's sharp. I know every parent says that kind of thing about their kid, but it's honestly true. His intellect's really high, and, 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 and we know it, and his teachers know it, and, and apparently now like, like he knows it. Um, he came home not long ago, and he told us about an argument that he was having with a couple of kids from school. And he was getting frustrated because they weren't understanding a point he was trying to make, whatever that point was. And so he said, well, I'm smarter than all of you. I'm the smartest kid in the whole grade. <laughs> so when he got home, he got a nice little talk about what the word humility <laughs> means. Like our ego is getting in the way, and our pride is certainly a weakness. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, Paul writes, If you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. Earlier in Luke 22, Peter was close to, to Christ. He became overconfident in his own abilities. I'll never leave you. You know, that's what he kept saying. When we're overconfident in ourselves, we're not placing our confidence in Christ. We're letting our egos and our pride guide us instead of the Holy Spirit. And so Peter's standing strong in Gethsemane, but his pride had set him up for a climactic fall just a few passages later. It was Peter's overconfidence which led him to, to pull out a sword. It was Peter's overconfidence which led him to proclaim that he would never leave Jesus, that he would die for him. Jesus saw where this was going too. And so in verses 31 and 32, he actually tells Peter, he says, Simon, Simon, Satan's asked to sift each of you like wheat. But I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you've repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. Jesus prayed not for Peter to be spared from trials, not to get a pass on the strongest challenge and test of his faith ever. Like, no, he didn't even pray for his faith uh, not to be challenged. He, he prayed for his faith not to fail. I think that's important. He didn't pray for Peter not to fail. He prayed for his faith not to fail. Following Jesus doesn't protect you from trouble and hardship or failure. You know, like he, he himself told his followers multiple times they would face hardships because they chose to follow him. But he also told them, like, hey, in this world, you will have trouble. That's, that's going to happen. But take heart. I've overcome the world. John 16, 33. So failure is going to come. And it was clear failure was coming for Peter. And Jesus prays for Peter's faith not to fail. He knew failure was an event, not a person. It's a lesson, an experience, but it's not what defines you. He knew that Peter would not be defined by his failure if his faith would not falter. What are your weaknesses today? Have they played a role in the failure you're experiencing? Just, just, just know, failure is not final. Admit those weaknesses, seek help you need to, and overcome them. It's a sign of strength when you can boldly admit you're weak in an area of your life. 
Jesus understood that Peter's failure wasn't final, neither is yours. Keep close to Christ. Keep those weaknesses in mind as you keep you know, moving along. And when you fail, and you're going to, pick yourself back up and keep going. If you're going to keep moving forward, if failure is not final, then you got to keep going. You can't let your failure hold you back. Jesus knew that if Peter's faith would hold, if it wouldn't fail, then he would rebound. So he encourages Peter by telling him to strengthen his brothers after he's repented and turned back to him. Peter doesn't know it yet, but he's going to be restored to his position as both a follower and a leader precisely because when he failed, he didn't quit. He got back up and he kept going. After Jesus rises from the dead, we see a great conversation take place between the two of them in John chapter 21. Peter and some of the disciples are out in the boat. They're fishing. They haven't caught anything all night. And someone shouts from the shore, happens to be Jesus. Peter followed Christ at a distance during his trials. He leaves brokenhearted, well aware of his failure to stay faithful. But here, it's Jesus who's the one who's distant and he's calling out to Peter. Man, can I just tell you what a great picture because no matter how distant you might feel from God, as long as you're living and breathing on this earth, Jesus will call out to you. He's calling. He's waiting. He's ready. He wants you back home. Peter jumps out of the ship. He gets to the shore where he finds a fire and a meal ready. And, and you know, why does all that kind of stuff matter? Well, you don't share a meal with someone you don't like, right? <laughs> so that's true then. It's true today. And so it's around this fire that Jesus asks Peter three times if he truly loves him. A fire was the setting where Peter had once denied knowing Christ, but now it was the setting for Peter's restoration to take place. His affirmation this time is not marked by pride or arrogance. Rather, it's marked by humility. And he is restored to this position as, as a leader. And in Acts, he becomes the undisputed leader of the church. And Peter keeps going. He doesn't let his failure define him. He doesn't let his failure become final. He doesn't let his failure hold him back. He keeps moving forward. Failure may seem final at times, but it's only final if we allow it to be. Never put a period where God puts a comma. I, I once wasn't at it, but now I'm free. I once had a failing marriage, but now it's restored. I once was lost, but now I'm, I'm found. My failures are not final. They are opportunities for God. Listen, they are opportunities for growth. After a bone is broken, you know where it becomes strongest at? It later becomes strongest at the very place of healing. The failure you're dealing with right now may become your greatest strength later because when we are weak, he's strong. God wants to bring healing where there are wounds from our failures. And it's through his healing and our weaknesses that we become our, our, our greatest strength. So when failure feels final, keep close to Jesus. Keep those weaknesses in mind. Keep going. Keep moving forward. Some of you today, you're letting your failures define you. You feel the weight they carry. And it's time to give that weight over to God. It's time to give those failures over to the God who heals and restores you can't live in failure. You can't stay there, all right? You can't throw the world's greatest pity party at the feet of your failure. You let people down. Okay, I got it. You hurt people. Okay, got it. You did things you're not proud of. All of us have, but you can't stay there. You got to get up and you got to keep going. 
You can't do great things for God if you're still living as if your failure is final. You've got to keep close to Jesus. Keep in mind those weaknesses. Keep going. Keep moving forward today. What if we admitted those weaknesses? Well, what if we really believed that failure is not final, that it's an event which doesn't define us? What if we understood that God can take those failures and use them as opportunities for growth and healing in our lives? We consider that perhaps the failures you've encountered are precisely so God can use you to strengthen others. Think about how many people drew inspiration from Peter's failure. Think about how many folks he was able to encourage and strengthen when they experienced failures on their own. Peter understood grace, I think, better than any other follower of Christ because of the failure that he experienced. It became part of his story, and he used it to change lives. What if we looked at our failures in that manner? Never shy away from sharing your story, even when failure is involved, because you never know who you're going to touch. If you're experiencing failure and it feels like it's final, like it's just game over for your life right now, I want you to know there is a loving, supportive body of Christ right here for you. You might be distant, right? Watching from another state, region, country. But hey, we're here for you at Radiant Church. In fact, you can go to our website right now. You can actually submit a prayer request. Go to RadiantChurchSC.com, click the Next Steps icon in the bottom corner of your screen, and you can leave with us the needs you'd like to, you know, for us to pray over. And I can promise you that we're going to call your name out before God, and we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for God to strengthen you. We're going to pray for God to encourage you. Remember, failure isn't final. So get back up and keep moving forward. We pray for you. God, I love you. And I thank you for those who are watching and listening right now, who some are local, some, God, are across the oceans in different countries, some are different parts of the state or even, or even America. And I, they're all over the place. And God, I pray right now for every person that you would strengthen them, that you would touch them. And God, you would bring healing and hope to their hearts and their lives. Lord, I pray that they would see the areas that they're struggling in, they failed in, not as defining moments of their lives, but as lessons and experiences and events that you can use to shape and mold who they're supposed to be, that you can use, God, those stories of failure to bring inspiration and hope to people down the road, to strengthen others. May we keep close to you in our, in our moments of failure. May we, may we not put distance between us and you or us and others who want to uh, help us who are brothers and sisters for us. God, may we draw close to the community and body of Christ and close to you. Lord, may we understand what our weaknesses are and keep those weaknesses in mind, God. Getting help where we need to get help at, admitting that we have some problems, some areas of struggle, so that, God, we can be strengthened. And, Lord, I pray that no matter what we face and endure, may we keep going. It, it, it's not the end. Failure is not the end. You know, some of us are struggling to get up out of bed right now. We're struggling to move on with each day. The pain, the hurt, it's so real. You know, the experience is so just overwhelming. But God, I pray for those folks especially, help them to keep going, to get back up, 
to keep moving forward, to keep going ahead. You are with us every step of the way. You're with us to bring hope, with us to bring healing. God, you are, you are uh, uh, the, the God who heals and makes those weaknesses strengths in our lives. And I pray that for those who are struggling here today. We thank you and praise you for who you are, for all that you're going to do. And we ask this in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us, you can do so by emailing us at media at radiantchurchsc.com or visit one of our social accounts on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes and give us a five-star rating on the podcast platform that you listen to. We hope you have an amazing rest of your day.